0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to In Media Mess, a podcast where two pop culture nerds try to make sense of the messy world of mass media. I'm Alanis, and I'm Clea, and we're so glad to have you along in our second season! Season two! Like, who knew that we'd get here? I know, right? But it's going to be a fun new season for sure, as we share a lot of our favorite media. And speaking of favorites, here at N Media we are absolutely unapologetic about our great love of pop music.
1: Right, and the thing is, pop tends to get a bad rep sometimes, but it's also brought us some of the most creative and groundbreaking artists that we know and love today. So we
0: figured it's only fitting that we start season 2 celebrating some of our favorite pop music game changers. I feel like when we
1: talk pop music or pop stars, it would be remiss to not at the
0: very least mention Britney Spears. Oh my god, absolutely. Like, Cleo, Britney Spears was my first ever Pop star, like, yeah. I still remember seeing the toxic music video on Mix and being Uh, so obsessed with it that I bought the In the Zone album in like Santa Lucia. I bought it in like Odyssey, (laughs) I think. Oh my god, Odyssey, yeah. Yeah, or whatever the store was in the department store and it was my first ever album. Like it was the first ever album I ever purchased. Yeah. And I remember it even had a cassette and I played the cassette a lot. So 100% I cannot talk about my love of pop music without mentioning Britney Spears. I'm telling you, Toxic really changed me. And I was like, what age? I was barely double digits. Like, I had no business liking that song as much as I did. For sure. And for me
1: personally, Britney Spears was probably like one of the first touch points that I had with pop stardom and pop music. Like, the fun thing about growing up with much older siblings is that I grew up with artists like Britney Spears and Westlife and Boys to Men and all of these cool people. But if we were to build like a pop hierarchy of my childhood, then Britney Spears is definitely right up there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, given that your music taste early on was shaped by your sisters who were teenagers. Exactly. Right? Like at the time of the teen pop era of Britney. So they were definitely the market for it. But since I didn't have older siblings who could help influence my music taste, I just turned to Mixed daily top ten, <laughs> where I discovered toxic and me against the music. Well, I mean, valid. I think talk to- like the toxic era was like. good chunk of her peak you know oh yeah i definitely agree in the zone was quintessential 2000s pop music and i think actually for britney it was a turning point album too like for better or for worse like right it was the mature album she had writing credits and it had several highly publicized moments so i think it was definitely a career highlight for her for
1: sure and you know the interesting thing about britney like Obviously, aside from her music, which I think is just, like, still some of the best, like, pop music released from that time. We can't talk about pop music without talking about, like, the package of, like, you know, a pop artist.
0: Yeah, the pop package is really in the DNA of pop music. You really cannot take that away. So what's interesting about Britney is that essentially
1: she grew up as a pop star, like, in the public spotlight. And... Throughout her life, of course, there were so many changes as what happens when you go through puberty. And that made it so obvious to see the changes in her image and her music, even the archetypes that she was trying to embody over
0: the time that she had in the limelight. Yeah, it's been a whole journey, though. And really, like as she grew and changed, so did the industry and so did pop culture, and You know, so did the audience, like we changed with her because we were kids when she hit the massive levels of pop superstardom and we were preteens or teens when she became the punching bag of voyeuristic media. And now we're adults and we're seeing her reclaim her narrative. And now I think we're finally questioning our participation as spectators to the life and career of Britney Spears because we really did fail her. Massively for so long Right, yeah um, Maybe not in the same direct way as the people around her But we did participate in that by being passive Right I think the idealist in me would like to think that Now the public is trying to make amends By rallying behind her And I definitely do credit the Framing Britney Spears documentary As helping with a lot of that awareness
1: Which is a very good documentary, you guys You should watch
0: it Yeah, I mean it was enlightening. Um, but I had a couple of misgivings about the treatment of the documentary. Mm, Yeah, but again, still like the awareness that it brought to the free Britney movement. I don't think we can deny that. Mm. And yeah, it really did make me think about how I personally participated as a spectator to her life because the thing is, even though I bought In The Zone, I didn't really follow her in the fandom stan sense that we know today. Like, I was a kid. I listened to the songs and that was it. I was too young to be fandom involved in that way. We were definitely too young to be in there. Yeah, or I just wasn't exposed to that, I guess. And when the media was hellbent on villainizing her, while I do remember the public sentiment and how people perceived her, I kind of just brushed it off because I had other interests already and, you know, it felt like it was one of those American celebrity things that you ignored and I don't think I ever really processed it, honestly. Same,
1: yeah. I think Britney was a pop star at the time where paparazzi culture in Hollywood was just like peak toxic. And, you know, it was just so much of Britney's career and what we know of Britney Spears has really been shaped by how the media and how the paparazzi portrayed her. Obviously, like, you know, that whole meltdown in 2007, um, where, again, I was like, I was conscious. I knew what was happening in 2007, but I didn't quite understand Mm -hmm. i was at an age where i was just taking in information from media without really understanding if there was a better way to go
0: about it yeah and that's what i and i think a lot of people got from the doc too considering the public discourse afterwards it was definitely a light bulb moment of things i didn't realize Mm -hmm. but now being able to dive into the things that happened what struck me was how much she had to contend with as a woman in the music industry. Like from her persona to the creative and artistic decisions that she was trying to fight for, right. to um, you know, the pressures of superstardom and balancing her personal life, there really was a lot for her to navigate. Mm. And then you add the extremely toxic celebrity culture of the time.
1: No, and the thing is, like, Britney was obviously, like, she was, like, the biggest pop star of, like, her generation show. So she was in the limelight for essentially her whole life or, like, at least a considerable chunk of it, you know. And, like, navigating, you know, sexuality and womanhood, like, being a teenager, it's just, like, all of that is hard enough as it is. And then you're tossed into the spotlight where people are watching your every move and trying to like find something to fault while also trying to hold you to a standard of being like a role model. It's just a lot of ideals, Mm -hmm. like ideals
0: of other people that you're trying to balance while also making music. Yeah, a lot of ideals and a lot of vested interests, I think. Right. We said in the beginning, right, that pop music is intrinsically a package, and that's because it's an industry, it's a business. And, you know, in that context, for every artist, they will have to contend with fighting for control of their artistic freedom and artistic integrity. But I also think that when you're a woman or any minority, really, you know, apart from all of that, you also deal with so much else. For sure. I think that when you're a woman in the public eye, you will definitely be framed into archetypes of womanhood. And there's so much villainizing of womanhood across all those different archetypes. Like, it does not matter which one it is, you will be criticized. Right. And at the time of Britney Spears, social media spaces weren't at a point where Droves of people would be loudly against these things. Like, if you remember, there was really so much like slut shaming in our media. And with that, there was also so much ridicule over being a prude. Stuff like that, the right? ganun
1: I would argue that it like goes way back. I remember actually, like, I had like a feminist lit class in um college. And one of our first few lessons was really that women are so pitted against each other, like literally all the time that you look at the archetypes and they're always like they're always polar opposites.
0: Yeah, exactly. And right with Brittany, her and her team's answer to that is to try to hit a balance between like two opposing female archetypes, especially early on in her career. She was trying to be both the girl-next-door, all-American girl, next door, all American girl um, type, and then also the sexy, vixen, temptress type.
1: And that's the thing we've seen in nearly every pop singer that has started out young. Like, the all-American girl or even boy-next-door archetype only sells for a short period of time. So you really need to find a way to grow out of it as an image. Right, because, you know, ageism and infantilization, yup. Yeah, and we're talking at length about the pop star package here, but that's really part of the whole thing. And obviously, back then, we weren't aware of it in the way that we are now. But with hindsight, I think we can say that Britney really is a classic example of the machinations of the pop music package
0: and how different it can be from who the person really is and how that package is weaponized against you also because okay right again for most of her early career britney was trying to portray two different archetypes like she was portraying the virgin archetype and her interviews and when talking about her personal life but in her music and performances she was presenting the vixen horror archetype and as we said the public the media it can be equally vicious to any you know type of archetype that presents womanhood but it's even more vicious when you shatter the illusion of whatever persona it is that you're presenting And that's what happened to Britney. No thanks to, again, the media and the tabloids that exploited her life in the public eye. Right, yeah. And that was really what made me iffy in the Framing Britney documentary. It was that it gave a platform to people who clearly understood that they were exploiting her and allowed them to justify the lengths that they went to be able to do so. Right, yeah. Right, like they would say like, oh, she enjoyed it in the beginning. And like, I asked her what she was doing first while she was breaking down. Oh yeah, for sure. That was like such an awkward,
1: like watching that bit was so strange for me. I'm like, why are you talking? This is like, you were a problem here.
0: Yeah, dude. Like, listen, I get it. We're all trying to survive. We're all trying to make a living. Pero hindi pa You can't think that asking her if she's okay while her world is crashing down would absolve you of the damage that you've done.
1: For sure. Although I think that is, like, that does kind of prove the point that we are trying to make, that, like, the vulture culture for paparazzi and celebrity, like, relationships at the time was truly at its most toxic, where the paparazzi literally just had to videotape you having a meltdown, and that was just part of their job.
0: Yeah, it was really so every day, and it was accepted, and... Super unchecked, I think. Plus, what I realized also was that the meltdown, quote-unquote, of Brittany was also framed in this narrative of her navigating another aspect of womanhood, right, which yeah. was being a mother.
1: She was so intensely villainized for basically like not being able to cope with all of the shit that the same people were throwing at her.
0: Exactly, and really the way that she was villainized, I think, says more about our society than it does about Britney Spears, the person, the artist. Mm-hmm. And we veered into heavy territory here a bit, but you know, really, I think of Britney Spears as a game changer for pop music, not just for the very obvious reasons of her iconic hits and discography or the fashion that she influenced, the videos that she made, her performances, all of that. Right. Um. I think a big part of her legacy is her fighting for control over her life, her career, her narrative, all against the industry and against media.
1: I also count her as sort of like one of the foundations of what pop stardom is today, essentially. You know, she and her contemporaries really did, like, bear the brunt of, like, the the early stages of pop stardom before, you know, people eventually got their shit together and started treating pop stars like actual humans. I feel like this was an era where pop stars were most commodified and treated as, like, products versus artists or people. Right. Like, when we talk about Britney being a game changer, obviously it's her music and it's her... Um, It's her trajectory and like it's everything about her. But, you know, aside from that, it's also like she was the first celebrity pop star to really sort of challenge or bring to light the concept of like the pop music industry and like that, you know, that like pop star making industry.
0: Right, and I think more particularly the pop star making industry in the era of the internet. Yeah, for sure. Because we can't say that the exploitative practices or ideologies didn't exist before, but it was really, I think, exacerbated by the amount of access we suddenly got through the internet and through social media and the way that we were consuming the celebrity. So, you know, Britney navigating through that continuously and surviving and choosing to thrive, it's quite empowering, I would say, especially if you look at her Instagram now, like post-conservatorship hearing, I'm just like, yes, speak your truth, Britney! <laughs> <laughs> like, you go,
1: girl! <laughs> no, for sure. And she's really one of those celebrities that I truly wish all the best for. Like, especially given everything that's happened to her over the last few years. Like, I don't know you personally and I never will, but I wish you all the happiness that the world can offer.
0: I know. And it really is great to see the outpouring of support from the people and on social media. Especially since media, you know, really failed her. It's such a full circle moment, honestly. Yeah, and I hope it continues. I hope a lot of us have learned to be better audiences. Yeah. I won't say that this is for the best or anything like that, because sino to say that. And no one should have to go through what she went through. But it's just, you know, let's do better, humanity. And let's not forget how important her career has been and Let's not fail her again, and fail other artists and people in the same position again.
1: No, for sure. And aside from you know, aside from being important, it's also been incredibly influential for like the artists that came after
0: her. Okay, so speaking of artists that came after Britney, now we're going into like twenty tens, right? And there is a singular artist that I can think of that influenced pop culture and pop music in such a massive way. And it's Lady Gaga, hands down. It was definitely the age of Gaga. And I... Were
1: you a fan, like, at the very beginning? Oh my god, yes. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like, she had me right from Poker Face. I remember, like, the first time I saw Poker Face. Again, on Mix it was such a revelation to me like I just genuinely loved it so much like I remember watching it and then immediately just thinking I am looking forward to whatever next song is gonna come out
0: what's funny is I remember what really got me into Gaga was listening to the rest of the fame album by playing tap tap revenge lady gaga (laughs) It was so random, but it was so fun. I loved it. And it made me love the album.
1: And we've talked at length about the pop music package, but in Gaga's case, I really don't think there's any other word to describe her other than like performance art.
0: No, yeah, you're right. And I think what Lady Gaga did was, you know, instead of trying to make the pop music package appear like it's organic and real and grounded, she instead... Reveled in the artifice and the spectacle of pop music and did so while also critiquing fame and the culture of celebrity and the heteronormative ideals of the industry. Mm, Yeah. And listen, Gaga honestly took. Everything that was a part of pop music and pop culture and claimed it fashion performances, just like
1: literally everything.
0: I also loved that again, she was using performance art. she was so conceptual and so theatrical, and I love it when pop is like that, and I think that's very like clearly seen from the fame and the fame monster because the fame described the decadence and opulence of celebrity culture, and then it was followed up with the Fame monster, which was darker, more critical, and more avant-garde. And yeah, it was excellent. I loved it. And everything that she did within those eras were so in line with what she was trying to represent in her art.
1: It was very interesting that, you know, just like coming off of the back of Britney Spears, who is essentially just like emblematic of like the machinations of the pop star making industry. You have Gaga, who was like a direct critique of that and this is what I mean about like Britney being so influential. It's just like her experience and her like trajectory really sort of brought forth the possibility of Gaga, essentially.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And just like with Britney, it wasn't just the iconic hits or the performances or red carpets or all of that that changed pop culture. It was the entirety of their journeys as artists. To me, I think that's what makes a pop artist so influential. And with Lady Gaga, honestly, there are so many things that she brought into the mainstream. Like I cannot stress enough how much I think she has changed the trajectory of pop. Something really
1: interesting about Gaga is that I'd say it wasn't too present in the mainstream that came before her. So. I think she was one of the pop stars that sort of popularized the concept of mainstream pop being very political and substantial like i mentioned how pop music sometimes gets a bad rep and it's usually because a lot of people think that pop especially mainstream pop is kind of like vapid or superficial but if you listen to gaga and more importantly sort of look at her body of work in its entirety then you can clearly see that there are very strong messages that she wanted to get across.
0: Yeah, like, I don't think Born This Way was subtle at all, for example. Pride Anthem, to this day. <laughs> the grip that Born This Way had in our society. Playing literally <laughs> everywhere, all the time. Um, I think also that was really when Gaga went full throttle into, like, political pop territory. Right. And that pervades throughout the Born This Way album and era too, as someone who is queer and also fighting for everyone else who is, Lady Gaga really set out to make a statement.
1: No, so yeah. So sort of moving out of just Born This Way, which obviously I think I, I would say that people sort of class it as one of her more political songs. But again, looking into her body of work, you see that like every song had a message or something to say, and like right after Born This Way, it got progressively more overt.
0: Yeah, and listen, again, Gaga's influence in pop culture encompasses so many things. I really feel like for all of the praise that she gets, it's still not enough. But I would also say that the part of her legacy that was this leaning into the political was definitely one of the most important parts. And actually, what I really appreciated was how aware she was about what she wanted to say and the vision that she wanted to put forward. It was intentional, it was deliberate. Right, exactly. With Lady Gaga, with her numerous achievements and legacies, I truly love how her activism bled into her art. And how she was proud that it did. It really did manifest in like pretty much every
1: aspect of like Gaga's public persona, no?
0: Yeah, it really did. And I definitely think that the new generation of pop music and pop artists have been influenced by the changes that happened during the era of Lady Gaga. And because of Lady Gaga. No, yeah, for sure.
1: It feels a bit like Gaga was like... A bridge, so to speak. Sort of leading the charge into that sort of more open, more aware uh, brand of pop stardom, I think. And you're right. Like, we don't, we don't praise it enough, like, as a society.
0: Right. She shaped so much of how we currently consume and are towards pop music. For sure.
1: And we have to remember that there was some significant pushback, like, when she first came on. She was immensely conceptual and that threw off a lot of people. But to get over that initial hurdle and then have like every succeeding album be even more out of the box and ridiculous and still gain such a massive mainstream following and influence in like music, fashion, activism, I genuinely don't know if any other artist will be able to do that.
0: Yeah, and she's just a talented performer too at the end of the day. And while of course there are so many pioneering and groundbreaking artists all over the world too, I definitely think that because of the ubiquity of Western pop culture, what Gaga brought into the mainstream was and is still so significant.
1: Looking at Gaga and her trajectory and her body of work, it's just, it's kind of wild and it's one of those things where i feel kind of blessed to be able to have seen it yeah and again like what we said like she really was responsible for like leading the charge into this more socially aware sort of socially political um brand of art mainstream art i should mention and you know moving into moving into like the younger, gen- I hate saying the younger generation because it makes me feel so old. We're really not that old,
0: but <laughs> man, here we are. <laughs> but like, mo- okay, so just
1: like moving into like the sort of Gen Z um, era of pop music, I feel like there are so many, like, there are so many icons that sort of like f- can fit the bill. But I think one that
0: we should be talking about is Lil Nas X. I would say that Lil Nas X is like the spiritual um successor of Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. And I can totally understand. Because, you know, like most things in life, pop culture comes in phases. And after the pop spectacle, that was Lady Gaga in the peak of bad romance, there came the era of a more relatable pop. Right. Yeah. It was more understated. Still with a bite, as evidenced by artists like Lord, but it's decidedly opposite of the opulence of Lady Gaga's The Fame, and maybe it's more like theatrical leanings. And that came in the heels of like SoundCloud and YouTube and even Spotify, where spaces are more democratized. democratized. Yeah. But now with Lil Nas X, I think there's a bit of a return to that larger-than-life fame of pop musicians right in a way that's like a little more i don't
1: know like suited is not the right word but like in in a way that sort of like adapted a little bit to the new audience
0: yeah and new audience is so appropriate because lady gaga was internet savvy too and was very incredibly engaged with fans Mm -hmm. and that really spurred a different fan community culture and that's the culture that the current audience knows. And Lil Nas X is a part of that. The cool thing about Lil Nas X is that we've
1: sort of said that he's emblematic of Gen Z pop, but I really think he's very representative of Gen Z in general.
0: Yeah, like this kid was raised by the internet.
1: The level of comfort he has just like being on Twitter.
0: It's a very
1: palpable sense of comfort he has.
0: Right, and it's a level of comfort that he possesses because he did participate in Fan communities on the internet. Mm -hmm. He was a Stan in the sense that we know now. And that definitely plays a part in how he is as an artist, even Old Town Road, right? Like the way he pushed the song and how it eventually became viral after months of self promotion on TikTok and on Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's very emblematic of our current internet and fandom culture. Right. And it's interesting
1: that the artists we've chosen to talk about today, aside from the evolution of the music and the persona, it also goes side by side with the evolution of the technology that we've used to access these people and their art. Like, again, Britney didn't have a lot of control over how people saw her because all of it was through what was shown on TV. And then when the internet blew up, people didn't really know how to use it that much at the time. And then now that we're kind of fully into the digital age, you have someone like Lil Nas X who basically lives online and has the capability to directly talk to the public as himself.
0: Yeah and it's really that we are living online so much more than before and the way that we interact online is different and you know that's the name of the game now and artists like Lil Nas X understand that and are able to use that for their art. And also for social change. Yeah. It goes hand-in-hand now, and it's a lot more overt. And I think the thing
1: about Gaga's activism and how it bled into her music is that it was sort of overt, but also very subtle. Like, she made a lot of fun dance music that audiences could sing along to without necessarily thinking about the underlying messages, whereas Lil Nas X kind of makes it a point to be as overt as humanly possible. Like... He makes Twitter threads explaining his thought processes, he matches his videos to the social messaging. It's just a lot of in-your-face activism, which, again, I think is very representative of how this generation does it.
0: I think he's very on the pulse, you know? Because you're right, it's in your face, and that's exactly how people are right now at the moment. Mm, yeah. um, and it's also with a lot of humor, again, which is exactly how people are on the internet. and. Social media has really given him that command over his persona, and I think it's very interesting. Because the artist and the fan are closer than ever, and that's made this new kind of space and new kind of relationship.
1: We live at a time where authenticity is something that we actively look for as audiences, and with Lil Nas X being so forthcoming or so outright in everything that he does, It's one of those things where going outside of the music, it kind of like it's just something that endears you to him.
0: It's like you know or at least you feel like you know who this person is. Yeah, and actually I'm realizing like thinking back on Born This Way, Lady Gaga as a queer person was giving the song to the listener almost like, of course, Gaga got very personal in her writing too, but the queer anthem in her discography, it's about the listener. It's like, you were born this way, you know, don't care what other people think. It's about you. It's about the listener. But with Lil Nas X, because also I guess of his journey of coming out in the public eye after Old Town Road, it's very personal. And in that way, the personal became political. So he recently released his debut album, which
1: personally I thought was quite a strong album. And I think you can clearly see that throughout the entire record. Like, I still think Call Me By Your Name is one of the strongest examples. I mean, it's literally titled Montero.
0: And it's the first single out of his first album also called Montero. He's very self-referential and that makes sense because he's making his identity, he's making his experiences part of his art.
1: And him being so open about his experiences both in his music and just how he talks to people on the internet.
0: Yeah, like I love the letters to himself that he posts on Twitter. Yeah, I do love those. Yeah, right. And I feel like that gives a sense of vulnerability to his songs Mm -hmm. because a lot of its releases are events in themselves. Again, like a package. They're promoted interestingly, the visuals are great, but I think that the vulnerability that the letters bring ground the songs and ground the releases. And I think that's what makes it stronger. And I really appreciate how Industry Baby was a fundraiser for US bail
1: funds. Uh-huh, exactly. And Again, I'm not going to pretend like I know who calls all of the shots on all of the decisions backstage, but it's really one of those things that it's these kinds of decisions that make you feel a sense of connection to the person. So aside from just enjoying the music, it really feels like you're getting to know the pop star, or at least what's important to the pop star. And you never really know who this person is, like, unless you're literally physically friends with them. But it's those things and how he's able to kind of put forth his vulnerability, his ideals, his identity politics, and all of that. It really does foster a connection between the artist and the listener.
0: And I feel like it's also allowing the relationship between the artist and the listener to have some sense of solidarity, like of fighting the same causes and caring about you know, the same communities. And it's always great to see artists use their platform concretely in that way. Right. But what I also loved about Industry Baby, and actually quite a few of Lil Nas X's projects, is there's a authorial print on his work. Mm. I mentioned before that a lot of his stuff so far are self-referential, and I think that's because apart from song production credits, He has directing credits or like storyline credits. Right, yeah, yeah. And it really can't get more personal than that, I think. Plus, you know, the confidence and the self assuredness that he does it with is so incredible. No, for sure. And the thing about it is that everything
1: he does is so unapologetic. And I really love that. Like, not only is it attractive in the sense that there's a confidence to it, but also it feels like everything is deliberate. And I've talked about it in multiple episodes, but really, as a consumer of literally any piece of media, one of the best gifts is to realize that what you're consuming has been deliberately created. Because that means that there's a strong message and a specific way that you're supposed to understand it. And it's something that Lil Nas X does incredibly well.
0: Very true. And, you know, this kid has only begun. We are witnessing an artist on the rise. We are witnessing an artist own their identity and celebrate it in their art at such a young age. And I think that's important. And
1: empowering. Like, I cannot begin to explain how important, like, a figure like him is. Like, so unapologetically queer, unapologetically Black, unapologetically, like, opinionated is for, like, young people to be able to look up to.
0: Absolutely, and the intersections of it too, especially in the social and political climate that we have now, and Mm. particularly in America. And Lil Nas X knowing what he represents and not backing down from it, you're right, it's incredibly empowering, and we need that at a time like today, I think.
1: What I really appreciate about sort of where we've ended up is that I feel like certain steps had to be taken to get to this point. Like, a Lil Nas X type of artist would not have been possible in the era of Britney Spears. Yep. What I really like about pop music that I feel like a lot of people don't quite um, grasp or don't quite think about is that each artist sort of stands on the shoulders of the artist that came before them. And like that sort of evolution is, I think you know, not only so important in order to, like, further the genre or to further, like, the industry, but it also just kind of shows you how important each artist is in the context of, like, the time that they, like, at the time of their peak, essentially.
0: Yeah, and I think the best artists are aware of that, too. They know that they are breaking grounds to make things better for artists that will come after them. When the time comes for them to pass the torch, so to speak, they know that they have made things better for artists to thrive. And again, this is what I love about pop music and pop culture because you see how much can be done when there are artists like Britney, like Lady Gaga, like Lil Nas X who are willing to change the game for the better. And we're on the subject of like pop
1: music game changers, right? And like, aside from being game changers in like literal music, like audio format, I think, you know, for both of us, like the reasons why we feel like these three are absolute game changers is because the legacies that they've, they leave and like will leave are genuinely like unprecedented. And like the the influence that they have on, The current industry, like the influence that they will have on the industry in the future, it really is like these three are such great representatives of like the heights of pop music and like
0: what you can do with it. And I mean, I'm just excited to see what comes next, you know, like there's a lot to be excited about. I'm excited for Britney to get her freedom back and we all need to keep supporting her. I'm excited for Lady Gaga's never ending projects across film and music. And again, Lil Nas X only beginning. Like literally just started. And they're not the only people changing the game in pop music. So hopefully we keep seeing more good things from Britney, Lady Gaga and Lil Nas X and from the artists that they have inspired and will be inspiring. Yeah, for sure. So that we can all keep enjoying good art and for future podcast episodes too, I guess. (laughs) Well, on that note, we would
1: like to hear from you guys. What do you think of the artists that we talked about? Are there any other pop music game changers that you feel, you know, should be in the conversation?
0: What are your favorite moments from these three artists?
1: Oh god, there's so many that I can think of right at the top of my head. Same! So we'll be talking about all of that and more over on Twitter, so you can follow us over at InMedia's Mess. And honestly, we have this conversation regularly. So just tweet us and we will be 100% ready to continue.
0: And with that, thank you everyone for spending time with us. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye! Bye everyone!